If you've listened to Birdie's Bourbon and Basketball, you know our title sponsor is Travis Brett and the whole team at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. They're right there at 304 JFK Avenue in Lagodi. You can give them a call, 295-3129. They will handle all of your insurance financial needs. You can look them up on their Facebook page or their website, all kinds of information. That's one agent for all of your insurance needs. And you know what they've got? Auto, home, life, business, annuities, farm. Let's talk about their health plans. They've got individual and family plans, Medicare supplement plans, dental and vision are covered through those guys. And it's always backed with Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Extremely experienced, expertise, and passion. That's right. One agent for all your insurance needs. Give Travis Brett and his team a call, 295-3129, or stop by and say hi there on JFK Avenue. They'd love to see you. Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. You know, if you're overpaying on your waste services or you're in a bad contract, you know, you're like 90% of the businesses nationwide. Your contracts probably don't protect you from ridiculous price spikes. Your service levels are inefficient or your contract allows you to be charged ancillary fees and you know that they love to do that. You need different waste equipment or you just need a waste audit. Well, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting is here for you. How much could a free waste audit save you? They saved a business $1,400, not per year, per month. Just this past week, customer called. They looked over their invoices and their contract, and guess what? The waste company had charged them incorrectly for a year and a half, and all of that came back in a credit. Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting is here to help you. 812-787-3598. Give them a call. Tell them you heard about them here on the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball Podcast. It's risk-free. If they don't save you money, you don't pay anything. Doesn't matter if you've got three compactors or just a little four yards sitting out back. Give them a call. Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting, 812-787-3598. You could be sitting on a gold mine and you just don't know it. Let them fight the fight with the waste company. Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting. Well, you have tuned in on a Monday morning to some more riveting podcasting on the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball Podcast. Got the regular crowd here, minus Blake, who's on assignment, and he will be coming back next week when we have uh, our one-year anniversary show that will feature our very first guest, North Davis baseball coach Stephen McNabb is going to be on, and uh, but this week we've got somebody else that will go head-to-head with Coach McNabb quite a bit. Deco, you want to take us over and introduce our guest? Yeah, it's our it's the uh, the new head man of the uh, the Bari Viking baseball program, and the reality is he's he's not new at all. Okay. Uh, but we had a COVID nineteen season uh, last year where um, the new Bari baseball coach Trevor McConnell um, had an old a whole off season getting everybody ready, taking over all of the responsibilities of everything, and then. Uh, Last March thirteenth, I think we know the rug got yeah, pulled on exactly. everybody, and and uh, he didn't get his first win as a Viking coach until this week. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. What took you so long? I know. My goodness, I know. the Bar Reeves been on the edge of their seats waiting to go that yeah. victory. I told everybody all off season I was the first coach to go undefeated in my first year, uh, 
And and then also the first guy to uh, not win a game and not get fired at Barbara. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> exactly. Well, I, I don't know. We managed have, to accomplish both. Might feats. have to check some. Todd, you might have to check some of Deco's records. There was surely a winless golf season. No, right? no, absolutely not. That oh, okay. Was, that was he. Uh, at one point, he had been recruited by was it Florida or Florida State to come down and take that program over. Yeah, uh, yeah, both actually. You know, I never did ask the question when you said his golfers were like. Six, seven, and eight. Those were the You names. did know one through five's actual names. Of course. Okay. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's, that's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to that's hear. That's what I heard Trevor. I was over at the Shoals game the other night, and, you know, I heard him say, hey, Inguard. You know, Inguard. He kept talking about the Inguard. I didn't know. That's what they call the kid at the end of the bench who guards the water. I, 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 he's got his own name. You know? Now, I may, have, I may have completely made that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to talk to Trevor and find out what's going on with Bar Reeve uh, baseball. Looking forward to that. The facility there is fantastic. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into the revamping of that real quick. But uh, then we've got uh, – we're going to do some meet the host type stuff. I'm going to ask some questions of the new guys, and you can find out exactly where they stand on a lot of topics. Oh, boy. And, of course, thanks to our sponsors, Travis Brett, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, Sensible Solutions, Waste Consulting, Casa Sevilla, and, of course, Country Oaks, as we are in the Country Oaks studios, high above Todd Lancaster, the 18th green. In the, in the crow's Oaks. nest. In the crow's nest. So let's talk Barry baseball, guys. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, the Vikings are in good hands. And, and uh, you know, listen to all of these uh, episodes weekly like I do, I – I think as far as like a, as an interesting upbringing, I think we've had so many coaches in the area who, who've had interesting backstories, uh, you know, in the basketball season. I think I think uh, uh, Coach Thompson uh, basically having a father, you know, completely confined to a wheelchair his entire life. Uh, super interesting mm -hmm. stuff with Coach Haywood at Lagodi um, running pass patterns with Tony Romo. I, yeah. thought, I mean, yeah. that, that, that's really cool. Um but I told you via text message this week when I had the idea to, to bring Trevor on, I said, I, th I think he's got a childhood story that that laps uh, everybody. So before we get into the baseball side of things, Trevor, I mean, okay. uh, you're, 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 you're a, a well-traveled, you know, we, we have military brats. You're kind of a sports brat. Yeah. Talk, talk about your upbringing. Talk about your dad for a second. Yeah. So, so my dad, um, he, he finished his career. Uh, as a financial advisor in Bloomington uh, for about the last 10 years. But previous to that, he spent about 30 years as a college football coach. Wow. Um, he, he got his start at um, – he played at the University of Maine, and then he was a grad assistant at the University of Colorado under um, Bill Mallory was out there. Oh, wow. Um, then his first paid job was uh, Ball State, which is where he met my mom. I think that was – um, you know, in the 1970s. And then he uh, was at UMass, and then um, he got to know Jerry DiNardo pretty well. Um, somewhere up in the Northeast, uh, small small college somewhere, they, they uh, kind of crossed paths. So then when DiNardo got the Vanderbilt job, he left UMass. That was in the early 90s, I think, uh, like 90 to 94 was uh, Vanderbilt. And then he followed him to LSU. Um, and that was 95 to 99. Um, Donardo got fired at uh, LSU, uh, and then he ended up uh, at IU. Now, he didn't bring my dad to IU initially. Um, there was kind of some uh, – the AD the at uh, IU's brother was a receiver's coach, and that's what my dad's kind of 
his his strongest position uh, as far as being a position coach was so uh but but he was able to help him get the uh bloomington south job because bill mallory was on the search committee um and donardo had just been hired so uh, my dad wanted to get out of baton rouge it was just kind of weird living in a town where you had been fired and uh <laughs> living in baton rouge when when all anybody wants to talk about is LSU football, and you kind of don't want to hear right. about it anymore. Yeah. He, he was ready for a move, and my mom was born and raised in Muncie, so this was kind of like coming home. Uh, he was able to get the, the Bloomington South job, spent two years there, um, and then Donardo called and had, had a spot on his staff. Uh, so my dad went uh, over across the street to IU, uh, lasted one season, and that's when when Donardo got the axe. So uh, <laughs> terrible timing, you yeah. Know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, we we've been all over the country, and uh, I think now that I'm in my mid thirties, um, and, and I tell these stories, like I, I'm having a greater appreciation for how cool it was, yeah. and some of the things that I got to experience. Well, you you told a story last year where we were in the hallway, and I, I, w- I wouldn't say you were dismissive about. It, but you know, when I was in you know elementary school, junior high, uh, you know, the bus took me to a spot, and then I walked home. And some days my parents were at work, some days my mom, some days I went to my grandma's. The bus, you you got dropped off at Tiger Stadium after school. That was your playground. What was what <laughs> yeah. was that like? Yeah, so it it was awesome. Um, it was amazing. And like I said, I at the time I just I just you take stuff for granted like anybody. That's yeah. that's your reality. Um, but yeah, looking back, it was awesome. Uh, I went to LSU lab school, uh, which is kind of the teaching prep school for LSU, uh, ed majors and it's right on campus. So I would either take a bus, uh, or just walk, um, you know, and, uh, go out to the practice field. And, and I think my story probably involved, uh, if you've ever been around a division one football practice pretty much after stretching the kickers and punters just get exiled um, and and go, you know, quote unquote work on their craft. And so it was, they had this great big indoor facility. Of course the kickers go in the indoor facility. It's like a hundred degrees outside humid in Baton Rouge. The kickers go in the air conditioning indoor facility and they're supposed to be working, but uh, I end up playing like a we, we orchestrate like a two hand touch you know game with the punters and kickers and we're <laughs> we're just you know like into the game everybody's competitive but nobody's working on kicking um, <laughs> I'm running pass patterns and the starting punters throwing bombs to me and Donardo walks in and I mean he he goes ballistic you know oh, and no. he's he starts mother effing everybody and uh, you know i'm probably in like fifth grade you know right. so i'm just scared shit yeah. Yeah, right. yeah so uh but yeah it was amazing man it was that was every day and uh i got to go on a lot of the road games got to uh i actually for a while had a job like uh this was back before the wireless headsets, and uh-huh. I can tell you guys the most stressful job ever is being a cord boy. Oh wow! Um, for for Division One college football coaches, like so, I was I would hold the cords for my dad, um, and you know he would take off running to yell at a referee and like pull all the slack out real uh-huh. quick, and then the headset would jerk <laughs> off his head, and he'd turn around. And and it wasn't rip. his fault. No, it yeah, wasn't right. his fault. Yeah. It was my fault. You know so. 
after about two years of that, I was like, you know, I think I just want to go to the tailgate with mom and sit up in the stands. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still my uh, preference right now. Tailgating. To, uh, yeah, to be at the tailgate as opposed to on the sitting, you go. Sitting, no, sitting with the moms. Yeah. That's, that's what, <laughs> were you at LSU with when uh, Jasper's Matt Mock was the quarterback down there? That was just after. So Nick Saban replaced uh, DiNardo, and that was right after. So, um, but, but I remember hearing – you know, that was before I moved up here, but everybody had talked about like, Hey, this dude was a stud in baseball. Um, and, and, uh, went to a small, you know, high school in Indiana. So I, I heard the connection even when I was down there at the time, you know, I got two, um, Denardo things real fast. Okay. One, I was at IU, uh, for a game the day they introduced him on the basketball floor. And you have never listened to as tepid a response <laughs> from the IU fans as when Jerry DeNaro walked out yeah. on them. They was like, all right, yeah, <laughs> this is really exciting. Something like that. The other one was I was up at Notre Dame with a friend. We were watching, uh, oh, it is Ty Willingham's um, Stanford team. Yeah. So that's, that's the era. And we were in the very top row of the new edition at Notre Dame. And this guy in a Notre Dame letter jacket sits down three spots from me. And guy kind of goes, that's Jerry DiNardo. He's going to be Notre Dame's next coach. I said, not if he's sitting where we're sitting. What would Bryson Graber say if he heard that? Not going to happen. Not going <laughs> to happen. happen. So, you know, to extend on the LSU thing here for just a second before we get into the Blooming side, Bloomington side, though, Trevor, it's uh, – uh, you know, you and your, your brother, uh, and, and I know your family, when LSU made that run, it's, it, it's like, you're still connected. You guys, uh, you know, before all this COVID crap stuff, uh, you, you would meet up for a couple of games. I know you went down a couple of times, the national championship game, uh, and you know, you still have family down there. Yeah. My brother still, uh, he lives in Baton Rouge still. Uh, he married a Southern bell. So he's, it's like marrying into the mafia. Like he's he's in. He, 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 did, he did not leave. He didn't luck out and marry an English teacher like no, you. His his uh his father in law is a state senator in Louisiana. So he's uh he's hit the jackpot though. She's she's a sweet girl and uh, he's got two two young kids. That she's not going to listen to this. Go ahead if you want to layer. No no She's awesome. She's awesome. He's really lucky. But yeah, so we he's. He stayed down there, and it was one of those deals, Mike, to, to answer your question. It was my dad was so pissed about the way things went, you know, naturally. And uh, so for a while, it was I, I kind of had to be like a closet LSU fan. Uh, um, yeah. You know, you didn't want to, like, talk about it too much. Um, and then I, I, I can't even put a date on it when it was enough time had passed that it was just kind of like, Dad, like, LSU's awesome. Like, you know, I'm so, like, you indoctrinated us into it and we can't shake it. Right. Like, if you've ever been to a Saturday night in Death Valley, you don't, you just can't shake it, man. It's, it's, a, the, it, it's an awesome place. Yeah. You came out of the LSU closet, is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. So, and, and, <laughs> much and to like your I father's said, chagrin. Yeah. And like I said, I can't, uh, I can't put a, a, a certain date on it, but it was just like, okay, I don't have to like hide this anymore. Like going to games there is awesome, you know, and uh, <laughs> and I still root for them. And yeah. you know, uh, we were actually able to go see, and and it was kind of neat for me that like he went from you know 
being upset, which that's human nature. You know, you get axed, and uh, but it's part of coaching. But he was not happy with LSU, and he didn't like LSU for a long time. But we went to uh, – it, it was almost like he finally had bridged that gap himself with – and enough time had passed. We went to uh, – it was Joe Burrow's last game in Tiger Stadium when they just – uh, stomped Texas A&M and he ran out with the like EAUX on the jersey for senior night you yeah. know yeah and um and my dad yeah that was the first game he had been back in Tiger Stadium since he had been fired and uh, uh you know he was able to kind of reflect it he's like you know I hate the way it worked out everything but he's like coming back here now like this is pretty darn cool well, like, it, 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 it's it, just it's, amazing it's, that we were able to be a part of this and, and um, you know, so it was like, even he was like, I get it, man. This is awesome. <laughs> well, and, not, and not to equate basketball to football. And I know things are different, but a lot of it's probably like, like Bob Knight coming back to IU. Uh, not, not that it's at that level or anything, but a lot of the, those decision makers and, uh, you know, there had to be, everything had to have turned over in that time too, where oh, the, yeah. right. people yeah. who made those calls were gone. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. when I saw you guys last year at the, uh, at, at, at big Olaf's eating ice cream, you know, no one had an LSU Jersey on and your, and your dad was with him. So oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah, 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 we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's buried the hatchet on that one. It's, uh, it's, you know, he's all good with it, but yeah, it was, it was neat to kind of see him make that like just epiphany moment. Like, you know, it's been enough time. Yeah. So, you know, screw it. I'm going to cheer for him. <laughs> well, let me get to the, the heart of the matter here. Okay. First and foremost, we were talking about tailgating. How different? Oh no! Listen, this is why people tune in. How different is if you're at the Grove at Old Miss, if you're at LSU, if you're in an SEC school? How different is the tailgating environment? Mike and I both went to big football schools. I went to Purdue, and he went to USI. Okay, so <laughs> so obviously, you know, we got I went where Tony Romo went. Uh, um, you can't live off that forever, Brian. <laughs> what else? I don't have anything. Else. <laughs> but I mean. I, that's a whole different experience. They take that seriously down there with the the coat and ties and the madras, yeah. Yeah. madras pants. Yeah, and everything else. it's it's like its own little subculture. I mean, it's crazy. Like my brother, actually, for a while, paid into like a almost like a homeowners association. You know, when you pay and you and you you know they mow the grass and <laughs> he paid into this deal with a bunch of guys, but like they just put all the money in a pot and. And so then it was like they had a tent and they had a margarita machine yeah. and they had it all catered. I mean, it, it's awesome. like a big production. But, yeah, it's crazy. But I will say uh, I, I did take my brother-in-law down for an LSU game. Uh, and the one thing, you know, he, was, he went to IU with me. And what he was blown away with was, like, everybody's partying, tailgating, having a great time. And then about two hours before kick, it's like this max ex mass exodus. Everybody starts packing their stuff up, and it's just – and he's like, dude, what's going on? And I'm like – everybody's going to the game like people actually go yeah, into yeah. the game here <laughs> which is right. like yeah they want to party but they also want to go in and watch the game which was the opposite of yeah, IU yeah. until very yeah, recently like, yeah exactly exactly so, hey real quick let's just take a quick break here and talk about for good mexican tailgating food if you wanted to i'm sure they could cater it for for the next barry baseball tailgate but that is casa sevilla in odin that right needs there. to be in the press box on tuesday night yeah, that'd be that'd be a good uh, a good press spread when Mr. Yeah, Lancaster comes right. up to to go. cover the game. 
They are on 100 Northwest Street in Odin, 812-636-2000. A great big old menu with all kinds of your great Mexican favorites. And like I said, they can cater your party, handle your big group. Just give them a call, 812-636-2000. Casa Sevilla, the house with flavor. So I was going to ask you, and I was going the same way you were about SEC schools, kind of one of my bucket list things. I've never been to one of the big-time SEC. I'm assuming you went to every single single one of the, the stadiums in the SEC. And, yeah, and pretty much. Other than Death Valley, what's your favorite? Um, Tennessee is really cool. I haven't been there recently since they've been down. Um, but, like, back when Tennessee was Tennessee, yeah. with the, you know, Peyton Manning, T. Martin, that was a pretty crazy place. Um, the swamp is really neat in Florida. Um, I mean, they're all cool in their own right, you know, cause like even, even the smaller, like an old miss doesn't ha- have the, uh, Roman Coliseum capacity, but the tailgating is yeah. really cool there. So they all, they're, they're unique and, um, they all kind of have their own little character and flavor, but it, it's, it's definitely, you know, they're all, they're all cool. It's just, you know, those SEC fans, it's just so in their blood. I remember years and years ago. I was working at a company, and our new regional manager was out of Georgia, and he's a big Georgia Bulldogs fan, and he comes in and meets the staff. And as he's talking, and he probably mentions Georgia football five or ten times, and, and all these people in Evansville are looking at each other like, what the hell? Like, why does he keep talking about <laughs> But you don't understand. Like, it's a, it's a way of life. It is, man. Like, you know, we're sitting here talking sports. I mean, talk radio down there and their baseball program is is really good or traditionally has been and their basketball recently has been pretty competitive but like it's you know day after the season it's still like okay what's the recruiting trail look like you know what what assistant coaches are turning over i mean it's just it's it's 365 days a year so you you go from that you know that environment your brother's still there obviously you know it's kind of in the blood and then you end up in Bloomington, Indiana, and and for you and your family, like you said, your mom is from here. It's it's normal, but but that had to be culture shock for a lot of you guys yeah. moving back. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely different, um, and, and you know it was hard for me because the the school that I was attending at uh, in Louisiana, my freshman year, we had just won state in football and baseball, um, oh, so. Wow. You know, I it was hard for me because um, I had a lot of friends and it was a great place. And um, but but I was so happy for my dad to just I know he was so miserable down there with just you know like I said, he, he the last thing he wants to talk about is LSU football and like yeah. you said with the Georgia guy that's all anybody else right. wants to talk about. So but yeah, it, it was it was way different. Um, you know, but but it was uh, it was a good different in its own right. Uh, I was kind of at that point, ready for a change too. Um, I, I was probably leaning more, uh, where my dad was on that spectrum as a 15 year old kid. Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of embarrassing that, you know, your dad was a coach and now he got fired and that's all anybody wants to talk about. Yeah. Um, so it was a good change for me as far as just a fresh start from that stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, a, a different environment, different atmosphere. So, so you end up at one of the premier athletic you know, high schools in the state, Bloomington South, and they've been, you know, good at so many different things, you know, m- most recently with, with coach J.R. Holmes and basketball and the all-time winning as coach. But, How'd they uh, do against Bar-Reeve this year, by the way? Well, they, uh, 
They lost. We, we, we <laughs> myself and Trevor, we handed them an L and we, we sent them back to Bloomington. That's exactly yeah. right. But you know, they, that was, they ended up having a decent yeah, year. That, that was really a good night for me because, you know, I, I got to shake everybody's hand and stuff and then we won. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was like, hey, you know, good to see you guys. Uh, better luck next time, you, you know. You talked about they went on to have a pretty good year. Were they missing one or two? They were uh, missing a really key one player. one yeah. player okay. that night, yeah. and, and, and then they also had a kid who who just who missed the entire season. You know, oh, guys, okay. I, and I I'm I'm obviously biased, and I got to know Coach Holmes a lot when I was a student, but also I spent five years working there as a teacher. Um, I, man, he's 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 good, and I think probably this year was probably one of his best coaching jobs as far as getting what he got out of those kids, because um, you know I think he had a potential. Uh, Mr. Basketball and the Hickman kid that didn't play at all. Um, and, you know, for, for what they were able to do was pretty remarkable. Um, so moving to Bloomington um, and you basically become, you know, talk, talk about your high school athletic career. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, you're, you're moving into Bloomington, Indiana, and basically, you know, we've seen you in the Bar Eve uh, senior faculty game. <laughs> and it's, uh, I, I had a couple of the, the volleyball girls who said, you know, I don't know about Trevor, and basketball, but I know for a fact he would win the Bar-Eve cage fighting competition <laughs> if there was ever a tournament. So you got that going for yes. you. But uh, Yeah, I, I definitely, and like you said, it's been on full display. Uh, basketball was not my thing. I Now, I, Mike, I, I always take pride, though, Mike, in the fact that as long as I played competitively in basketball, which was up through my eighth grade year, I was in the starting five because I played great defense, I would steal the ball. I would pass the ball. I would rebound. I would do all the stuff that a lot of people didn't want to do. But, yeah, I, my skill level was not very good. What? I had no – I was the guy that would, like um, – I would steal the ball, go coast to coast, and brick the layup, you know. <laughs> um, speaking of basketball, though, you're talking about my uh, my childhood going back to um, Louisiana – so you see, you've seen how bad I am at basketball. I, I just I think you have a limited offensive skill set. Yes, that's as, all. As, so as that's Albert, what Jeff was talking. There, somebody was going to have to babysit Claire next year during the game. I think maybe it was. Well, maybe. it just depends on how the substitution <laughs> yeah. patterns. Go. I've I've heard um, you know Albert say we we look for a lot of different things in a Barry basketball player, but you know being able to score the basketball is pretty key. So I don't <laughs> think I would check that box, but. Going back to the Louisiana history that you guys would laugh, um, I ended up, because of my dad's connection to LSU when he was coaching on a on a team, like a, I don't know if you'd call it a travel team or just a, you know, youth team, but that team had uh, on it, it had Glenn Big Baby Davis, oh and it had um, – uh, Garrett Temple, who's yeah. still in the league, I think, yeah, or just so. retired. So, so you can imagine me on that team, and I, like after the first practice, and we practiced in this. Uh, it was a funeral home, and and they had just this old auxiliary gym on the north side of Baton Rouge. It was kind of a rough area, and I remember coming home from the first practice, and I'm like, Dad. What what in the heck did you put me on this team for? Like these guys are monsters, you know. And uh, it it was one of those. Uh, if I ever shot the ball, uh, Collis Temple was our coach. Who uh, he had a great career at LSU, yeah. and uh, I was like, every time I shot, he's like, "No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what are you doing?" Once in a while, one would go, and he's like, "Don't do it again." Yeah. So uh, you you get to Bloomington. You're at Bloomington South. Um, yeah. How how quick did you figure out baseball was was kind of your thing? Well, like I said, I played in a really baseball in Louisiana is like huge. You know, I mean, like b baseball and football, and I think that's why I gravitated to that when I got here. 
um, down there, that's what it is. Like, uh, basketball in Louisiana is shrunk into like two months. It's like yeah. December and January and that's it. And, and, um, so that's kind of what I fell in love with down there. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to be like the Skip Bertman days of LSU baseball, watch them win a couple national titles. So, um, yeah, that was just what I gravitated to. I kind of just, you know, fell in love with that stuff in Louisiana and came up here. And, and we had a solid baseball program at uh, Bloomington South. We were not elite, um, but we, we won more than we lost, and we played in a tough conference. And we had a Hall of Fame coach in Greer Warner who pushed us hard. And um, and then, you know, Bloomington South had tr tremendous football tradition with Rex Grossman and some of those teams they had in the 90s. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a cool place to be. Yeah. Um, so you end up at IU playing baseball how did that happen well I was uh I, I owe a lot of that to I was fortunate enough to um play on the Indiana Bulls travel organization in between my junior and senior year um and, 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 and if it, if we, we've got a lot of basketball experts that listen but people who do not know the the Indiana Bulls they're kind of like the the Indiana elite on the basketball side it's the preeminent yeah, uh, travel baseball organization yeah, they, in, 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 in the state. Definitely. And so I was fortunate enough to earn a spot on that team, and I think that's really what – you know, I was getting some looks, um, but then I had a really good summer with them um, and had had some interest from Purdue, had some interest from uh, different, you know, like uh, different schools that were kind of nibbling, but, you know, nobody had made a solid offer. And then Coach Morgan, Bob Morgan, was the coach at IU – um, he, he called and offered me, um, a, you know, basically a 50% scholarship to play baseball. And it was a no brainer for me, well, which in college uh, baseball is yeah. a lot of places. That's about yeah. as good as, yeah, you I mean, I think I forget the numbers, but it's like 13.5 scholarships for a 35 man roster. So, and, uh, so it was a no brainer for me. I had met a lot of friends cause I had gone to high school for three years, kind of been around the IU culture when you're a Bloomington kid you're a townie as as the, we were called up there by the uh, college kids you're a townie if you're yeah. actually from Bloomington uh, but you, I, I did kind of fall, you know fall in love with the IU culture and, um, and and it was just it was right there it was a good school my mom went there so she had um, kind of instilled that in me you know that pride in IU and uh, for me, it was it was a great opportunity, yeah. so I as, took it as, and ran with it. As you were starting to get recruited, getting noticed, were you in the back of your mind? Were you wanting to head back south a little bit? I honestly just was trying to keep an open mind, and yeah. that was and, and I think that was my dad's, uh, you know, him being a college coach and knowing the recruiting thing. He he was just kind of like, look, you need to just keep an open mind and evaluate what your decisions are um you know or evaluate what opportunities you right. have and, and and that's what he said he'd just seen too many cases where guys get their heart set on one or right. one, one thing and if it doesn't come to fruition then you just have this empty feeling so he's like just kind of see what hand you're yeah. dealt uh and then once you know what you have and what you don't have you can kind of put it in the pot and make a decision yeah. you know so so you end up you you commit to to coach morgan who by the way had a fantastic uh uh, daughter who who uh, I think yeah. played at the University of Notre Dame and played yeah. basketball there, and then and then you're there for kind of the transition where where IU baseball I mean they 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 really make a leap especially you know as as they start changing coaches talk about that a little yeah bit. it was interesting I mean I actually never got to play for Bob Morgan he recruited me and signed me and then he 
uh, he was kind of pushed out by Rick Greenspan. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I you how do you know. feel about that? Mike? Oh, Rick Greenspan. Oh, that, uh, I just, the Mike Davis era. Yeah, just, my so head, my head hurts. So he, you know, he did hit a home run higher with Tracy Smith though. Yeah. Um, obviously. Um, so I was, I was fortunate enough to play for Tracy. Um, I think like any coach, um, when they take over a program, they're trying to free up as many scholarships as they can to bring yeah. in their own guys. I think that's the natural progression. So he, it was pretty hellacious there early on. Like they, he was on a mission to clean house and get, get rid of guys. Um, but you know, I didn't back down from the challenge and, um, and, and I think he respected that about me. I just, I kept working hard and, um, and was able to earn a spot and, and stay in the program. And, um, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I obviously I didn't end up if you, if you look at my stats and things like that, I didn't end up being a major contributor on the field. Um, you know, but uh, to to my credit, I guess if you look at it, it's uh, I was kind of an I was an outfielder, um, and, and a kid named Kip Schutz who played at Evansville Harrison ended up getting uh, getting drafted. Uh, a kid named Andrew Means who was a football wide receiver um and ended up playing baseball um so i was behind some dudes and and that's a credit to tracy like he was recruiting really high level players um and and i just kind of got you know i was I, I was pretty good but i was just his job was to win baseball games and and i didn't get on the field as much as i would like um but i did carve out a role for myself being a late inning pinch runner steal a bag and then stay in defensively okay. uh in the outfield but um but I was able to win the the Hoosier Award um, two years in a row, which is kind of like you know um, leadership, uh, academics, being a good teammate, all all the things that you build a program on. And I, I take great pride in that. And you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to measure success. And like I said, you know, any competitor, you look back and yeah, I wish I would have had a better career. I wish I would have um, gotten a few more opportunities and, and been able to do a few more things on the field, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, as far as the experience of being a big 10 baseball player. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I also think, um, I learned a ton, um, from coach Smith, just being, you know, um, sometimes when you're not in the game, and you're watching every little decision that's made right. and you're kind of if you're playing you just get locked into your one little you know okay i'm the left fielder i gotta field the ball and hit the cutoff man but i was able to kind of watch the way he managed pitchers the way he made in-game decisions um and, and i picked up a lot from him and uh yeah, yeah he was a, he was a great mentor for and, me and 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 he had to you know respect you because even when you're done he keeps you around talk about your you know oh, the, yeah. po the post career now, what year what years did you play so i played uh 2005 to 2000 2008 okay. was my when I came into the program and yeah so he he wanted to keep me around as a uh kind of a volunteer slash student assistant um again in college baseball they're so limited with what they can do um so he coaching. wanted to use you and not pay you <laughs> <laughs> pay me camp money okay. you know or whatever creative way they like could. we do with all our cast of interns yeah uh, yeah thank you Sam but, yeah. but uh <laughs> So I was, I was all set to do that. You know, I was like, I knew I wanted to coach, um, and it was a great opportunity. Um, and so that was kind of what I was locked into. Um, and then, uh, Ty Mungle, who was the superintendent at Eastern green at the time called Tracy, um, because it was, it was January of 2009 and they didn't have a baseball coach. Um, somebody had left, you know, abruptly, 
And he, so he called Coach Smith and was like, hey, you know, we're just seeing if you know anybody, um, good young guys that would want to come plug in and be a high school coach and teacher. And um, I hadn't really thought a whole lot about going that route, especially being in the position I was in, um, being involved and kind of plugged into the IU program. But, but Coach Smith brought me in and he said, look, I tell you this reluctantly because selfishly I want to keep you. He said, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing you – any favors by not just letting you know that there's an opportunity out there and so he kind of told me what it was and I applied for the job at Eastern Green um, they offered it to me and so then I kind of had that decision you know and, and, and I talked a lot with my dad um, which he's always kind of the guy especially anything coaching wise I kind of lean on because he's been through it you know and um, you know, I was just like, you know, the, the college route is really appealing, you know, and, and basically what he told me was like, Hey, you know, you know, do, do what you think is right. Trust your heart, trust your gut. He said, but, but he said something that kind of stuck with me was like there, once the glory wears off, you know, cause he's like, there, there's quote unquote glory and being a college coach, he goes, that wears off pretty quick, and what you find is that you're just never home. You're you're always recruiting. You're right. always yeah. he goes. You have no control over where you live, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. And and he just said, you know, kind of. He never really said it, but it was kind of like fill in the blank that there was some regret about um, just just not having as much stability and and as much time off um, and as much time around the family and he was a great father i mean he was he was at as much as he could be but it's a very demanding lifestyle to be a college coach you know and um i think it, it just got me thinking like do i want to have any control over where i live um do i want to have to be on the road recruiting right. all the time yeah. and miss my own kids things and stuff like that and um, I talked to Ty Neal, who was the pitching coach at IU about it at that time, you know, and he, he kind of had a similar sentiment, you know, cause he had, he came into the program as a single guy. And then in my time, actually in my playing time, he had met his wife and had his first kid. And that's what he said to me. He goes, man, when I was single, this was great. Yeah. He goes, it was awesome. I was the pitching coach of IU and I was single. He goes, now I've met, you know, my wife and we have our first kid. And he goes, it is, it's, it's changed my perspective and it's a lot tougher. Um, so long story short, I was very prayerful about it and made the decision to go to Eastern Green and, um, and be their high school coach. And, um, I, so I had just gotten a degree in kinesiology that I was, uh, you know, now I'm like, okay, now I want to be a high school teacher. Um, so I was like, great. Uh, that was an awesome investment. Uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, wish I would have kind of come to that realization earlier, but, um, everything happens for a reason, but, yeah. but yeah, so I was at 23 able to get a head coaching job with no experience other than helping Tracy Smith out. So, well, and I, and I think, you know, Amber can really attest to the difficulties of being married and, and coaching. We don't even have to get into volleyball. I, yeah. I, 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 I've, got, go. I've got nothing, but I'm coming back at Lancaster later. Uh, so what, you, you do the thing at Eastern green for a while. Um, you end up back at Bloomington South, uh, yeah. you know, where, where both you and your wife are from. And then, um, and Bar Eve comes calling like, I mean, how in the heck does that happen? And, and not only that, but how in the heck there's not really a logical connection no. uh, other well, it's than 40 miles away. I, I mean, mean, it's, 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 but you've got, you've got, you've got your, your parents right there, right, right down the road. I right. mean, you've got her parents right there, right down the road. How, how did it all unfold? Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's kind of a it, it is kind of surreal mike and and honestly if you would have told me in uh 2000 you know 18 what which was my last year at bloomington south like you're gonna end up at bar reeve i would have told you you're crazy um so long story short i'll try to give you the abbreviated version is like i i knew i wanted to be a head coach again and, and i was I, I was fortunate enough i hit eastern green at the right time you know we had great kids great families i was able to win two sectionals there um and and i think really changed the the culture there and and you know um was building a good program there but it was really the ad job that i was burnt out on so i was the ad um, they were paying me like peanuts and I was working 18 hours a day. Um, and, and so my wife got pregnant with our first, uh, kid Nolan. And, it, and so when Bloomington South and, and it all timed up where I had just gotten my teaching degree finalized for special ed Bloomington South principal, who was my principal when I was a student called, it's like, Hey dude, there's going to be a job. So it was just a logical time. Not that I, I hated honestly to give up the, the head coaching job. And I loved what I was doing from a program standpoint there, but it was just the AD job was killing me. And with, with my first kid coming, it was time. So I went to Bloomington South was there, uh, for five years. And, and like Mike said, I, I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to be a coach, a head coach again. Um, you know, and I just, but I wanted to be picky about it. I was just not going, and I had some opportunities, you know, where people would call and not to be like stuck up, but it was like, nah, no thanks. You know, I'm at my alma mater. I'm at a great place. I yeah. live five minutes from school and I loved what I was doing there from a teaching standpoint. And, and it's a good place. It's a lot like Bar Reeve, honestly, from a staff standpoint up there, there's a lot of great people. And, um, so you know, I had kind of mutual friends with Travis Madison and, and anybody who knows Madison, he's not always thinking about today. He's thinking five years into the future and what's the long-term plan. And I think Todd Lancaster calls him an alley cat from time to time with, alley. with was that the phrase that you use where he's, so. where, where he's always got a, he, he's, he's a, he, he's got a plan. He's yeah. got a, you know, there's a, he is, you talk about not, not he's, just, he's my, I'm maybe I call him Gandalf because he's <laughs> wizard. like Well, but not, not, Maybe Alley Cat's negative, but uh, where, where he's he's not thinking about the next move, but what happens after that next right. move? Right, and and so I think you know the the, the mutual friends that we had was kind of like you know I think he kind of hey you know any good young baseball coaches because Rodemaker I can't he can't do this forever, um, and we got to have a succession plan. We don't just want to turn it over to some dad or some lay coach. We want to have a plan in place. Um, and when I was at Eastern Green. Um, I remember coming down here in the summer for a Babe Ruth game. Um, and it was like, I came over that bridge, the old bridge that comes over the railroad. And there was like on the softball field and those little fields, there was just gobs of kids practicing baseball and softball. Um, a lot of parent involvement, you know, and then we went over and this was when Lester was the head coach. Nathan Lester was the head coach. Field was in great shape. Nathan was a fiery young guy, you know, running a good program. And I remember on the bus ride back, just like talking to my assistant, and I was like, man, that just, that's a cool little place, dude. Like, you know, I mean, they've got kids playing everywhere. There seems to be a lot of parent involvement. The facilities are nice. They take pride in what they're doing. Like, I just, I remember saying, like, that would be a really good job to have, probably, if you could plug into a place like that. But it was just kind of like an off, offhand comment, you know, and, um, so when my buddy who's mutual friends with Travis kind of called him was just like, Hey, 
I know this is going to sound crazy, but, uh, and you're probably just going to tell me no, but, you know, Bar Reeves starting to think about a succession plan with Rodemaker. Um, and, you know, would you even be interested? And I was like, funny, you should ask. I was yeah. like, uh, <laughs> you know, rewind three years ago. I, I was like blown away when we went down there, like how nice it was and how many kids they had involved for a 1A program. I think they had like three Babe Ruth teams. You know, they had like a red, black, and a white um, a lot of participation. That's so they could get the basketball practice. There would always be one big yeah, yeah, yeah. rotation. So, <laughs> There'd so, be enough kids still still able to practice basketball. So I, t- I, I told my buddy, I was like, you know, it's really ironic that you mentioned Bar Reeve. I said, that's kind of one of the places in the back of my mind. I said that I've always just kind of thought that's a really cool place. It's kind of like a hidden gem and, 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 um, you know, I said, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would be interested in talking to these guys and just seeing what, 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 you know, what the deal is. So, so I came down and met Travis and Aaron and, and, and Jeff and talked about it. And, um, you know, of course they talked about the plans that for the facility that they were, um, you know, obviously we've all seen what it, what it came out to be, which is tremendous. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And, um, and the, the indoor facility. So they kind of painted the vision for me and, uh, you know, what they were looking for. And of course I was like super excited about it. You know, I was like, man, this would be awesome. And, um, they might, again, I'm a special ed teacher and they, they were looking to expand in that department. Um, so it was a perfect fit. Um, and then, so I, then I, then came like, okay, do I really want to commute down here an hour from Bloomington? Like, no, um, cause that would be awful. I, you know, and I just, uh, I was being realistic about it. Like there's no way that would be miserable existence driving an hour every day. Um, and then I thought about in the season when you get off a bus at 10 o'clock yeah. and then you got to drive <laughs> home an hour, I was just like, it, it, it couldn't work. So I was like, in my head, I'm like, the only way this can work is if I can convince my wife <laughs> to, to look at this, you know? And, um, so we're driving down to spring break and uh, so I had told her that I went down for an interview and that I was going to talk to him. And, you know, she had already given me like that. Well, don't don't fall in love with it because I like what I'm doing. And <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, so she had already given me like a million reasons why it could never work. And I was like, well, I'm going to go down there and talk to these guys anyway. And so we, she was working at Edgewood Junior High at the time. So uh, we, we drove down to uh, meet my brother at the beach for spring break. It was we were able to get away for a few days before practice started at Bloomington South and we're driving down here and, uh, on 69 and she's like, man, it's really just beautiful down here, you know, cause she was raised on a farm in the in Monroe County, but it was Southern Monroe County. Her yeah. dad has like 30 acres, you know, so she was kind of out in the country and she likes that. She's like, it's beautiful down here. And I said, well, I said, right over off that exit is where Bar Reeve is. And she's like, Oh, stop it. You know? And, um, but, but I had like, I had, I had 10 hours to convince her that she hated being at Edgewood and I, and I got that done. And, and by the time we got to Nashville, Tennessee, I had her convinced that she hated her job at Edgewood <laughs> and that she needed to apply for this English job that was open at Bar Reef. Um, and so I don't know, that was probably my best sales job ever to yeah. convince her from basically the the Washington exit <laughs> when she said it's beautiful to Nashville, Tennessee, that like, yeah, you need to, if they have an English job, you need to apply because you don't like your job at Edgewood. So, uh, so she applied, um, and 
you know, she was fortunate enough to get a job uh, offer for an English position. And, and you know, I, I'm I'm a person of faith, guys, and I just it, it just felt like it was God's plan for me to be down here. I can't really explain it. It was just because, like I said, it came out of left field with one phone call from a buddy of mine that knows Travis. Um, and then it was kind of one of those, if you've ever had these situations in your own lives where like you put up these walls and tell yourself why it can't. And well, we can't get over this hurdle or we can't get, what about this? And what about, and it seemed like every hurdle we had put up for ourselves to give ourselves a cop out or a reason why we couldn't do it. And there was, there was like a, no, here's, here's how we solve that. And it was like, it just kept being like, oh, that's not a hurdle. That's, that's no problem. And, uh, you know, in my experience, when, when things like that are, are lining up like that, it's like, you got to listen and you got to take it seriously. And, yeah. um, I'm super excited that I came down here, man. I love it down here. And I don't think honestly, now that I, now that my wife's here, I don't think I could ever leave because she loves teaching at Bari. She loves the kids. She loves Jeff and Travis and Aaron and work. It's a, it's an amazing place guys. I mean, it really yeah. is. And, and you hear that from the outside, but until you plug in and you meet, you know, the staff and the kids and and you can experience what it's like. Uh, And obviously I'm biased working there and coaching there, but it, it really is a unique place. And so, so now there's no way I can ever leave. I mean, we're here, you know, I mean, cause she loves it. So, yeah. Well, it's funny. You mentioned Travis and you mentioned farms and Travis Brett and Indiana farm bureau insurance and JFK Avenue and Lagodi. Give them a call auto home life, business annuities, farm, everything. If you find those hurdles that coach was just talking about, they will help you out. 812-295-3129. Travis Brett in Indiana, Farm Bureau Insurance. See how I, that was nice. Just, that yeah. was, it's called a great. That was professional. That was, that was, that great was, that great was, transition. One of my, we're going to have to make sure we cut that. That might be one of my great ones of the Yeah, that year. just just paste that into every yeah. broadcast. Well, as we wrap this, you know, the first part of this you know, uh, up tonight uh, or this morning, it's this morning. It's, it's Monday morning. morning. It's well, it's early could, Monday morning. Possibly for a lot of listeners, some listeners, it could be, it could be afternoon. Evening. Right. What about what about them in, in Beijing? Who probably <laughs> have, we've had several. I've noticed that on the web traffic. It's amazing the play, the places that people. We've got someone in the Philippines every single week download an episode. Wow. Good for them. No clue who it is. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about this year's Vikings. We are, uh, we're, we're young and inexperienced, um, but, but we're getting a little bit better each day out. You know, it, it was a weird situation, um, and I think a lot of people are in that boat. I mean, I'm not using that as an excuse, but we're just the, – the guys that are juniors and seniors have never played varsity baseball um, because Joe, his last year in 2019, he had a nine-man senior class, and they all played. You know, that oh, was wow. Gabe Gladish and Quentin Yoder and – uh, all those guys, um, Isaac Ross Wagler, Nepp. Ross Nepp. Um, it was a good class, a really solid class. Um, they went to the regional final. They did. Right? They yeah. beat uh, Trinity Lutheran in the morning and just ran into a buzzsaw with Tecumseh. But that was a really solid team, so we didn't have to play. And I was helping Joe that year. We didn't have to play anybody but seniors at the varsity yeah. level. Um, and then so you lose last year. Um, so even, even our old guys are just kind of uh, – the, these are their first – varsity baseball game so we don't you know we don't really know what we have it's it's early um but i like the fact that we came out and started zero and three um lost to evansville christian washington and forest park um and then we turned around won four games last week and we're a lot more competitive it definitely helped even though they haven't played 
a whole lot of varsity baseball. Just the just the presence of older guys in the yeah. dugout um, and the leadership um, has helped a lot. Um, so I think I think we have the pieces. I think we have talent. Um, and we've just got to do a good job of developing them, um, getting them to uh you know buy into what we're doing and and learn the system and and get a little bit better each day but i i I think um i think from a talent standpoint there's talent there to compete right now yeah who's at the top of your rotation right now lane graber has stood out and he's a great kid um and and honestly he's he busted his butt all off season um really transformed his body um you know he's big tall strong kid now and throws the ball pretty well um so Nathan Lester and I were just having that conversation on the bus yesterday. He was like, would you have ever guessed that Lane Graber was going to be your ace? Um, you know, cause we went down, um, the, the year after Joe retired, I got to run the summer program. We went down to IU Southeast and played in a tournament down there. Um, and Lane was, he was balking, like he wouldn't come set. He, he threw like five wild pitches. He just looked really nervous, you know, and, yeah. and, and, um, he's, he's really dedicated a lot of time in the, in the off season. Um, you know, ever since July, when we were able to come back from COVID and, uh, in the weight room in the winter, he did a lot and yeah, he's, he's looked really solid so far. So, uh, Tyson Nepp is another one that will pitch a lot for you. He did pitch a lot on JV, um, that last year, Joe, uh, was running the show. He pitched, he probably every big game in the JV, him and Aaron Wagler, Aaron Wagler will, will factor in big time on the mound. He's got a live arm, got a lot of stuff. We just got to get him throwing strikes consistently, but yeah, he's, those would be probably the three guys that that we will lean heavily on as far as a, a lot of the workload at the varsity level. Um, offensively, I've been really pleased so far, especially when we got those older guys back. Um, we, we've been hitting the ball. Honestly, I thought we would be a little behind the eight ball because those guys went so far in basketball. And then the state championship was delayed even a week yeah. later than it normally was. Right. Um, but those guys, honestly, to their credit, have not missed a beat. I mean, those if you look at my stats right now, those basketball guys are hitting as good as anybody yeah. uh, on the team, which is surprising because I kind of figured there would be a break-in period where they had to – go through some struggles of seeing live pitching and, and adjusting, but they've, they've just see that's out. where that three youth team thing comes in. They, while you say they're rotating in the gym and then they're back out for that's baseball. Right. So yeah, they're, that's right. they're ready to go back and forth. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at your schedule here and, and you've got, of course, I know you probably schedule a few cause you know, there's going to be rain outs, but between JV and varsity, you're going just about every damn day. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot, you know, and, and, uh, I just kind of feel like it's it's our responsibility. We're allowed to play 28 games. Um, and I know Steve Reed, the Washington coach, I've talked to him. He feels this way. He's like, hey, man, it's my responsibility to get these kids as many games as I can because yeah. uh, you only get four years of it and you only get 28 games of it. Um, so to just, like, settle on 18 and say, well, that's good enough. It's, so, so yeah, we, we take pride in trying to fill up the schedule. And, yeah. Um, does that sometimes equate into losses because you don't have the pitching to, to throw studs every game? Yeah, but, you know, that the game was meant to be played, um, and, and you get development by playing games. So, yeah, it's we're trying, to, well, and we're trying to play as many as we can. This year, like you said, missing, you know, these kids missed a whole season. I mean, I know when, when Vincennes canceled their golf invitational, 
because that turd of a golf course is is in is it playable? <laughs> That's what you really think. Yeah. Well, then Trey jumped in and said, "Well, let's move it here. We're not right. going to cancel a golf tournament, you know." Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think it's, it's the gonna, same mentality. Right. Like let's let's load up and play let's as much play. as we can because these kids are dying to play, right. man. Absolutely. I think turd of a golf course is the nicest thing anybody <laughs> said about CCOV in, <laughs> in a while. Yeah. I was trying to be nice. It is still the sectional course, so I don't want to yeah. make everybody mad over there. I don't think that matters. <laughs> Because grass is not going to grow based on what you say about it. That's what Sam Kennison used to say, you know, when they were doing uh, fundraisers for people that that lived in in wherever. And he's like, you know, the best thing to do, move where they can grow food. (laughs) You can't grow food in the sand. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, there's our Sam Kennison reference. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Check that off. So, um, wrap us up here on on that. Uh, what are we? Any big games this week or in the next couple of weeks that you're looking forward to? Yeah, we play uh, we play Northeast Dubois this Tuesday, and they've been playing well. I've been home or away. That is home. Okay. Uh, Five o'clock on Tuesday at Joe Rodemaker Field. Uh, that'll be a challenge for us. That'll be kind of a good measuring stick of you know. Um, they they've been playing really well. Uh, they've they've had some nice wins and and from what I hear are pretty competitive. So yeah. that'll be a good measuring stick for us to see where we're at and go out and compete against them. Then we turn around North Knox on the road Wednesday. Um, they're they're pretty tough this year. They've been scoring a lot of runs. Uh, we go to North Central Farmersburg Friday. I don't know much about those guys. Uh, and then we we host Lincoln on uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, early start because of prom day. So. Yeah. Um, and then I think that next week we get into where we play Ligoti, uh, is that week before the senior trip. April so yeah. 27th. Yeah. yeah so we're, we're Trevor, let me jump and ask you a question. And Mike is going to probably nod his head here, but every game I've done probably. this year for the most part has been a, has been a 10 run rule game more than I ever baseball and softball. Is there just a, is it just a matter of there's such limited pitching that you know whether you're getting 10 run ruled or 10 run ruling right. somebody else is that where is is that what it is right now but i mean it's 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 a nightly thing for me yeah i it's funny you say that we were having the conversation uh the other day i i would say some of it is as you cover washington and washington's a really good team this year they but, but they've been runs. 10 run ruled too yeah I mean, yeah um I, I don't know, man. I can't I can't put my finger on it. But we were saying that the the other day that when you look at the scores right now, it looks like football scores a lot of yeah. them, uh, and, and not just one or two. I mean, it's a lot. Um, I would I would think that it probably has something to do with the that that year missing last year okay. where um, defensive miss miscues pitching not where it needs to be. You know, um, I don't know, but. Uh, I, I agree. It's it's happening at an alarming rate, um, and, and I've been listening to like you know Dwayne's radio station on the morning in and hearing some of these scores. It's like golly. <laughs> well, cool. Well, listen, um, you're more welcome to stick around. We're gonna I'm gonna ask a few questions of the guys here to have a little fun before we, we may take need a off, character but, witness after this. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know what? He might not be old enough for some of them, yeah. but we'll, we'll give him a try. But thanks for coming in we appreciate it. you got a great story it was yeah. fun to have you on the podcast i'm sure we'll have you back as you uh, go to win sectionals and regionals and all that good stuff there we go what's amazing brian is it so much mirrors mike's own choir career at pike central <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean the story of moving around going from choir uh, to choir he was a glue guy in that choir uh, i can only imagine <laughs> well, let's take a quick break from our friends at country oaks golf club 
And speaking of uh, turd golf courses, this is not a turd golf course at Country Oaks. Right there on Route 50 between Washington and Montgomery. Five sets of tee boxes. Of course, got the great zoysia grass, fairways, and tees. So all abilities can play this golf course. And don't forget, you can swipe your credit card right out there on the driving range and practice your shitty game, see if you can get it any better. <laughs> yeah, how's your golf game? We've heard about your basketball game. How's your golf game, Coach? I am serviceable. Okay, good. <laughs> Doyle pl- might keep you around if there's I a can, faculty. I can play in a scramble and not be like that guy. So <laughs> that's just- that's as good as I can Well, speaking you. of scrambles, call Trey and his staff, 812-486-3300, and schedule your outings for your business or your not-for-profit. They'd love to have you. 812-486-3300. Call Tea Times Country Oaks Golf Club. We will see you at the Oaks. Whoa, just dropped my phone. Okay, guys, you know, ever since we've had the pleasure, and I truly mean that, the pleasure of having Deco and the Todd Father join us here I thought it'd be a good idea just to see where they fall on a few things. And uh, I really do appreciate you guys being part of the show here. You're doing a great job, and and the feedback that we're getting is amazing. But here we go. I've got 10 questions. And, Coach, like I said, feel free to jump in here if you want to. What's the order we're going in here? Uh, How I thought of them this morning. No, I mean the answer. (laughs) How about we'll just uh, swing around the table? Okay. Deco can go first. Can and I get a we'll, buzzer? Then we'll rotate. Then we'll rotate. Todd will just, go first. Just okay. a buzz. I don't care if it works or not. Just so something right now, Deco started off in the original Karate Kid. Who was the villain? Ralph Macchio. Okay. I listen. It's, my it's wife. A controversial. And I, you know. Dang it! I'm. We watched this last night, and I just went through segment by segment and said, "See." He did that unprovoked. See, he did that unprovoked. I watched Johnny, just this morning when he stuck that hose. The hose when Johnny was in the bathroom. That's right. Rolling after a he, dude. No, after he had confiscated the marijuana from another kid. Absolutely, you're right. And, yes, and and the whole business with the uh, with with the um, skeleton with suit the skeleton too. costumes. So. Like yep. O'Banion and dazed and confused, told told him that kid's mom like there's some ruffians about. Yes. Yep. So he got the got the marijuana. Todd. Um. You know, I think a lot of, of, you know, the Cobra Kai crew, gotcha. a lot like Bari basketball, <laughs> you know, you could perceive them as bullying, you know, like, like what they did through the entire year to, well, everyone. I got you. However, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say that once I'm not going to disagree with Mike, I'm going to go with Ralph Macchio. Okay. You know, I would agree. Okay. I think we're all in agreement. Mr. Here, Miyagi was an enabler. Thank you. <laughs> Karate welfare. All right, Todd, I'll let you go first on this one. Everybody can just jump in. Fuck Mary Kill, the housekeeper edition. Alice from the Brady Bunch, Fran Drescher from the Nanny, or Mr. Belvedere. One you F, one you marry, one you kill. Well, obviously, Fran Drescher is the one you F. Mr. <laughs> Bel- Mr. Belvedere is the one you marry. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I'd have lasted two seconds with, <laughs> with, Alice? with Alice. Okay. I don't know. She could cook. You want to jump in? No, on this I'll one? let Mike take this one. This is where I jump in the White River and yeah. don't participate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Coach, we'll go to the you on this one first. You're in Shoals for one year, and you can only listen to one album. What album are you taking? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, you guys it can't have- be greatest hits or a compilation or real album. I don't know, man. He's so young. Does he know, know what an album is? Yeah, he may no, not know I, what it is. Right. That's my thing, man. Like, yeah, I, I, 
I I grew up in the era of like you yeah. had a, you had a shuffle list on your iPod, man. Like I didn't albums were not my thing. I I got to go with Guns N' Roses Appetite. Uh Black Crow Shake Your Money Maker. This is a tough one for Todd. He's got he's got a catalog of music running through his Dark head. Dark right Side now. of the Moon. Okay. Dark Side of the Moon. I thought I really thought he might go Grateful Dead there. No, no, I mean be you know, because if if you if you have a great collection of dead, so much of what it is is live. Okay. Or um, you, you know what I mean, or compilation stuff from you know from from a yeah. show or from two shows or you. three nights. So no, okay. I, dark side of the moon. Mike DeCourcy, if you could go back to one exact moment in history and see what really happened, what would it be? November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Okay. November 22nd, 1963. All right. I'd like to be walking that dog that was barking, and I want to see just exactly what O.J. did that night in, at Rocking Hill. Oh, my God. That man is still looking for the real killer hey, today. Hey, listen. There was he, a great documentary on the investigation discovery a couple of years ago called My Brother the Serial Killer, who, who essentially took credit for saying the juice was innocent. I think I'm, I'm interested to hear what coach McConnell would go back and witness in history or what really happened. Well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the nine 11, man, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions on just, I'm not saying people weren't heroic and I'm not saying, but there's just, I have a lot of unanswered questions about how things went down. That <laughs> I day. think you'd have been better off with the Fran Drescher question. <laughs> <That's right laughs> one. Is T-ball necessary? Yes. Okay. Absolutely not. And let me just say this. And let me just say this. At some point, we need to have a serious conversation at this table about youth sports, youth sports parenting, and uh, the direction. That may be next week. Well, no, 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 I know. At some point, though, we 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 really do need very disturbing story this week. You want to know if is t-ball necessary? Yeah, sure. If you have a t-ball, if you have a tee in your backyard and somebody's mom and dad are out there working with them, but not worried about whether or not you're getting pictures um, scheduled and the kids and would, your travel team, your travel t-ball team. Yes, go ahead. But that that one we, Maybe we should ask the baseball. On. We'll coach. go to the baseball coach, right? Yeah, I mean it's there's 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 value in in developing youth, but there's. I'm kind of like Todd. The, the we've got it's gotten so far out of hand with what the priorities are, yeah. and and it's yeah. There, I think there needs to be some reevaluation. I don't think there's go. a decent snack at a t-ball game either. It's always <laughs> it's always fruit gushers now. Well, just remember, you can call eight one two six three six two thousand, and Casa Sevilla can cater your t-ball. And they're the house of flavor. They are. Trevor's going to hook us up in the. Todd, you're a member of one band. What band, what year? Well, it's probably 1969 in August, and it's Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, and Lancaster. Oh, wow. Playing our third gig after Woodstock. You know. I like that. Me and I, David Crosby and I are like um, soulmates. And does Melissa Etheridge have your child as well? <sighs> no, Fran Drescher does. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And, and, and Mr. Belvedere is having DeCourcy's baby. Um, <laughs> Coach, you, uh, do you know? Do you are you? Do you know bands? Like, I, yes, I know, I know I, bands. Okay. Yes, I. I love Van Halen. Oh, I love nice. Van Halen. Van Halen or Van yeah. Hagar? Yeah, I was going to say, where are you going with that? Early Van Halen or Hagar? We've had this conversation. Yeah. Before. Early, early. Okay. 
All right. Um, I I would. I've already said Guns and Roses. That's where I would. Obviously. That's probably Guns that's and Roses in in the Use Your Illusions. Yeah. See, I'd era. go earlier than that. I'd go '88 when they were still yeah. dirty and nasty and just rocking. And just the pride of Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, there you right. go. That's right. Two members of that band from Lafayette. Is he? Is he Stradlin yes. and Axl Rose? Uh, what name a podcast you subscribe to besides, of course, uh, the Brian and Friends Show and Birdie's Bourbon and Basketball? Anybody? Where are we starting? Mark hey. Marin. Yeah, podcast. You know, listening podcast. Nope. Oh, all of the Conrad Thompson wrestling series podcasts. Yeah, and, uh, and and then my true crime podcasts, True Crime Garage. That's what I listen to during two hours of mowing today. I listen to a really um, that Wondery. Um, goes go back in history that one yeah. network and i just listened to one on the on the rise uh it's, it was on business wars but it was the rise of both kentucky fried chicken and chick-fil-a and it was really interesting hearing those stories and and colonel sanders was quite a guy indiana guy yeah you're right yep. and he, he didn't yep. commercially fry chicken until he was like 60 like 77 right no i think it's more like 60 i said commercial. commercially yeah he was pretty old by the time yeah. he did it and he, he parse words go ahead and and they him and and two of his uh two of his guys went and shot a man one time when he was painting over a billboard when he just had a gas station very interesting story that oh uh, yeah I'm sure he had it coming where were you todd lancaster when you heard the oj verdict um let me see was that summer or was that september that was September. September, I think. I think that's right. Yep. I think because my wife and I had watched a lot of that, you know, all summer long. Mm -hmm. I think she was at work at Covington. She was coaching volleyball at Covington and teaching there. And I think I was home at lunch. October third. October. Okay. Um, but yeah, that would be uh, probably would have been in uh, my our little house in Covington, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Junior year of high school, uh, English class, with it on television. I was working for Rutgers Wholesale, and I was delivering candy um, somewhere. I think it was right near Wheeling, West Virginia. And uh, everybody gathered in the back room of the store that I was stocking full of candy and uh, and watched it. Do you, <laughs> don't yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask Coach. He's too young. Trevor was in third grade. Yeah. 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 Uh, see, two more. If Okay, this is a good one. If you had your pick of all high school players in the area, you were starting your own team next year, who, who's your first pick? Mike. Of kids that are still here. Kids in our area, right here. This so basketball. Juniors are younger. You're having a yeah, basketball. Oh, Hagenep. Hagenep or Jalen Mullen. I was gonna say those are the two choices. Those are right. my two. Yeah. Hagenep. Okay. Yeah, uh, 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 Jalen. Jalen, a, a strong, strong number two. Yeah. Good. Back. Go ahead and back up. Just, just go ahead. I, I think. I, I, I think there's no doubt. Those are the two. I think I go Jalen just because he. Is is he runs the show and he scores sometimes and when he doesn't have to he does you know but either one you're gonna be fine right who's your uh, Todd who is the best Saturday Night Live character of or cast member of all time in your opinion um, Eddie Murphy and probably it would have been during the Mr Robinson's Neighborhood days mm -hmm. the James Brown you know get in the hot tub <laughs> I can't believe that just happened <laughs> really I mean I can you can are you glad of I'm I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, um, I love Phil Hartman, um, but I'll go Kristen Wiig. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I know this is going to be, you know, Mr. Obvious, but I, I think a lot of Will Ferrell stuff is just criminally uh, underrated. The, the, I watched a little bit of Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Open oh, channels. Oh big red God. gum. Yeah. And, and, and step brothers. Forget it. If that's on, I'm watching. I yeah. get it. Yeah. 
I get it. I I love Chris Farley's stuff on there, man. I had the I had the greatest all time. Oh, you know the, the DVD. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and the, the, I mean, the stuff that him and Adam Sandler did together. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're not. Gonna, I'm a big Farley fan. I'm not, probably just his longevity. Probably David for, Spade yeah. and he had a had a uh, great relationship that went Spade's into the movies awesome. too. Spade's still out there kicking yep. it. Doing he's got a he had a show. he had a yeah he had the show. I I I think COVID came and it was gone, but. Um, yeah, he's got a, he does a great yeah, that job. A, that comedy central show. I, I, I recorded it every night, but yeah, I, I love Farley. I wish it would have, would have gone on longer. I, I read a book that his brother actually wrote with compiled stories. And they were talking about him when he was at, uh, at college in Wisconsin said one of his, you know, housemates or fraternity brothers, whatever walked in and he was had about eight beers next to him smoking a bong and in between that hitting cough syrup and they're like chris you can only get so high you know you don't have to continue Jeez. to to try to get higher but do we have any more questions uh, no then i have something okay. i wrote down three words and it was for mike DeCourcy. you were trying to get to know the hosts a little better yeah most people don't know that you know mike is a real pablo escobar aficionado <laughs> True or not true, Mike? Okay. You are, you know, you are kind of part of that whole Medellin fan club. The word I have written down is hippos. What does Pablo Escobar and hippos have to do with each other? I'm going to guess. I think I know. Yeah, he had his own, he had his own, like, Big game zoo type thing. Absolutely. Okay. Now, here that's not it. That's oh, not but, the but, but but was it a name that, for like a, like somebody in his organization, like a runner? No. Oh, okay. You're okay. you're on the right track. Okay. Go ahead. Can I guess this? Go ahead. Was it something about because of his hippos and they let did they let them go and that helped the whole species come back to a certain level? Not helped. Um, he had four hippos, you know, down there in the Medellin watershed, and you know they're the most dangerous animal on earth oh, more humans are killed in africa by hippos than really? anything else yeah well i mean other than disease and famine well however animal thunderdome deaths nevertheless he had four hippos and they were living there they've been let they were the giraffes the gorillas and everything else have were put into zoos but the hippos got free yeah there were four now there's 70 Okay, and they are considered an inv invasive species in Colombia now, but you're not allowed to kill them. They are projecting there'll be seventy thousand hippos in Colombia in in fifteen years. <laughs> those, I wouldn't bring this up if Mike wasn't such a busy. If Mike wasn't such a big Pablo Escobar guy, I mean, in, in, in between in between Narcos, in between Ozark, in between Entourage. I was just getting ready to say, um, Vinny Chase starred. Vinny Chase, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Starred in Medellin. Um, you, you two, being the experts that you are, what is that? How much was it he spent on rubber bands every month just solely to wrap up the money? I, it was like $40,000. It was just yeah. absolutely amazing. That to was hear a, that. Yeah, if yeah. that's true, that's one of the greatest yeah. stats of all time. You know, that's and big soccer fan. Going back to, you know, finishing off this back at sports, Pablo Escobar, big soccer guy. Really? So, well, Coach, aren't you glad you stuck around yes, for that? Yes, sir, yeah. <laughs> riveting, I riveting radio. Learn well, something new every day. Again, we'll continue to learn more about these guys as they are a permanent fixture here at the B3 Pod. We appreciate it. Coach, good luck. Go get them this year. Thank you. Appreciate you guys right. having me on. Go out to a, and watch a ball game because that um, – 
that ball field at Bar Reeve is fantastic now. And you will see somebody sitting high above it calling all the action. That's me. Tuesday night, 5 o'clock. I'll sit there next to him. And it's Taco Tuesday at Redbones. And it's supposed to snow. Tacos are still hot. All right. You know what else is hot? The Bar Reeve golf team set a school record for wins in only week two of the season. So congratulations to Coach Anderson, Coach Robinson, and that whole squad. What else? You got anything to plug? What else are you doing media-wise this week? That, 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 that's the plug so far. Normal, okay. normal shows, a couple broadcasts. Listen to Dwayne in the morning on the morning shakeup. Todd, what do you got? Anything? Uh, I'm going to try to avoid working, so hopefully all the weather will come in all week long. <laughs> The only spring sport guy that yeah. is hoping for snow. I'm just hoping for snow. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button. Do us a favor. Let us and our sponsors know that you're enjoying this madness. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, every Monday, wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget the Brian Owen Friends Show. Viking Pod will be coming back soon now that Deco's not running crazy with basketball. And then, of course, the old school Red Hill Saluki podcast if you're interested in all that crazy stuff. So anyway, I'm Brian O for Deco, the Todd Father, Coach McConnell. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.